Welcome back to Martins and More. My name is Mari Root. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have one major guitar to talk about today. What's going on, Spoon? Well, I'm having a very nice time lately uh, playing a big Rosewood Martin Dreadnought when I have a few spare minutes. And, and it's uh, reminded me of the, uh, the lineage of what in many people's minds is the Martin guitar. Speaking of classic Rosewood Dreadnoughts for Martin, why don't we spend today talking about the Martin Dreadnought? Say it with me, people. The Martin D28. Can you think of a more iconic instrument spoon, acoustic or not? Um, well, some people might argue the D45, the fancy pearl inlaid D45, but I kind of think of that as the flagship of the fleet where the serious man of war ship of the line is most definitely the D28. The Martin D28, uh, Martin used to have a slogan that more people want to play a Martin or own a Martin than any other guitar in the world. And I think it's fair to say that throughout their modern history that more people wanted to own and play a D28 than any other guitar out there. I've also heard some people say that the D28 might be the most copied instrument in this world, and it wouldn't surprise me. How many guitars have you seen across your short lifetime that either look like or attempt to sound like the 14-fret Rosewood Sitka creation that Martin just, I mean, it's just it. We could gush all afternoon about this. The Martin D28 is a life force unto itself, and how many people, how many companies have tried to cash in on what that idea brings to the general public and the, the guitar player among all of us? Yes, indeed. It's interesting the way that you describe it, because um, you're referring to the modern D28, and it's interesting that the D28 started its life not as a 14-fret Rosewood Dreadnought and not with a Sitka Spruce Top, but that's what it's had for most of its, that's, the, that's how we think of it. And also, as most of our listeners know, there's more than one D28. Not only did it evolve over the years, but then there have been suffixes and prefixes added to D-28 that are sometimes very similar, sometimes more radically different than the D-28. But So I'm going to do a quick, my usual, hopefully this time, quick historical overview of the D28, and then we'll talk about today's D28 and its closest offshoots in recent history. Well, before you get there, let me let me back up and ask you again. Did you just say the D28 didn't start out as a 14-fret guitar? <laughs> what? what, 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 what? <laughs> now I have two of them. Continue. <laughs> so yes, the D28, the dreadnought body size began in uh, approximately 1915. There's some uh, debate about exactly, but 1915 is the date when the giant super jumbo class of British battleship called the dreadnought uh, was ruling the waves during the First World War. And Martin eventually created what they called the Dreadnought Body Size. It was originally sold through a 
musical instrument department store called Ditson that I believe was housed in Boston, but they had uh, they had locations in other cities. And Martin made a bunch of different special models just for them, including several that look a lot like a dreadnought, but in much smaller bodies that they never made under their own brand. The Ditson company went under the waves in the Great Depression. And then this allowed Martin to make dreadnoughts under their own brand. And they, in 1931, came out with the D1 and D2. These were experimental models that were basically the Ditson dreadnought body size, which is the 12 fret dreadnought with the big slope shoulders that then influenced all kinds of makers, talking about influencing makers in that slope shoulder design. And then they very quickly, they only made like one or two of the, a D1 and a D2, D1 being mahogany, D2 being rosewood. And when they realized that we're gonna go with it and put on bracing that worked with steel strings and created the modern Martin Dreadnought, they renamed them the D18 and the D28. And this uh, is in 1931. I got to play the very first Martin guitar stamped D28 at Christie's because it had belonged to the actor Richard Gere. And he was selling off a great deal of his private collection to please his new wife, apparently, so we're told. Uh, ironically, they split up shortly thereafter. I wonder if he regretted selling, <laughs> selling all those <laughs> uh, vintage guitars that he owned. But I got to play the original D28, so that was quite a thrill. Um, like a lot of vintage Martins, the strings were way low and really light and really couldn't get the full experience out of it, but it was certainly fun to fin finger pick and, and do, you know, finesse flat picking on. Big wide, one seventh inch inch neck, big giant, you know, Martin vintage neck and all that, but uh, quite a thrill. And then in 1934, uh, after the success of the original orchestra models that were built in the auditorium size, and later renamed Tripolo, 14 fret Tripolo, Martin decided to change their entire line, every size, to a 14 fret version and basically abandoned the 12 fret guitars with very few exceptions. And then we saw the 14 fret uh, D28 and D18 and D45. And, uh, and we had the 1934 D28, 14 frets, V-neck, one and three quarter inch nut, two and a quarter at the twelfth fret, two and five sixteenth inch string spacing, herringbone trim, diamonds and squares, open back vintage tuners, gold script logo, wonderful Brazilian rosewood back and sides, and Adirondack red spruce top and bracing. And we now are even all familiar with that because they've kept bringing those looks in that that cosmetic package to Style 28. So that was the pre-war, forward-shifted, thundering, wonderful stallion of a guitar that really blew the lid off the guitar world and um, remains, the, the vintage D28s remain the most desirable guitars that are, you know, can be Reached by mortal man, the D45, um, 40, the D45s, they only made a small amount of them, and those are, you know, that's something else for collectors. But the, the, the herringbone D28 is uh, 
they're just spectacular. Uh, I got to play the very first 1934 Sunburst at a Martin Fest, uh, thanks to its owner. That was a, you know, and there's some videos of me playing that. That was fabulous. I've got, you know, I've got to play a lot of these guitars and they, they all have their own unique personality, but just like modern D28s, they're all still really close. You still have, when you buy one of those, you know you're going to get something you're going to love. Then, then in 1938, they shift the bracing uh, rearward, so the X brace is crossing a little closer to the to the bridge plate, and that's the end of forward shifted bracing. 1939, they go with a one and eleven sixteenth inch width nut. The in those days, the necks were quite chunky after starting in 35, and so the one and three quarter inch necks back then were a much beefier and took a bigger grip than you needed. Uh, than you get today in a one and three quarter inch with the nut. So they skinnied them up. Those necks got skinnier and skinnier as the, in terms of the back of the barrel as the years went by. Also in the mid 1940s, we lost the Adirondack spruce to the second world war, war effort. And Martin started building their tops out of Sitka spruce primarily. We know there was an occasional log coming through of Engelmann and very likely German spruce when you get up through the 50s and 60s, but for all, almost 100% of the D28s out there were Sitka spruce thereafter. So by 1946, you've lost the herringbone to the Second World War. Most of that stuff had actually come from Germany, those, that trim. You lost the diamonds and square fretboard markers, and you instead you got the big white uh, Art Deco domino dots that had originally appeared on Martin's jazz guitars, the archtop guitars. So now we're heading into the black and white lines that everybody's became familiar with and the big white mother of pearl dots, pure mother of pearl, pure white, but still reflect beautiful blues and pinks and coral colors when the light hits it from the light spectrum. And um, still ebony fretboard and bridge. Uh, now you have the rear shifted bracing that is really focuses the bass and it really makes the sound leap out of the sound hole with very distinct notes. And then at some time, we believe it's 1960, 1959, 1960, they brought the bracing a little more forward into what until recently was considered the standard modern X brace placement, still not up one inch from the sound hole like the pre-1939. And you've lost scallop bracing by the end of the 1940s as well. So these are straight brace guitars all the way through the 50s. And that really begins the late 40s D28 is the direct descendant ancestor of the modern day D28, non-scallop bracing and the black and white ply bindings. And um, that stuck around through the 60s. So you have those 1950s cannons that a lot of bluegrass players love to play. You have the 1960s D28. Uh, by this time, you have the closed back tuners. These are the guitars that were played by um, a lot of the folk singers and rock stars in the you know 50s and 60s. Elvis Presley. Uh, you get into. They brought back the 12 fret design and called it the D28S. The S stood for special order in the 30s and 40s and 50s and the 60s, it meant the standard 12 fret body shape as opposed to the 14 fret orchestra model. Um, immediately comes to mind is uh, Peter Yarrow from Peter, Paul and Mary was quite famous for playing his D28S. 
and which was later played by Bob Dylan at the Newport Folk Festival and um, so forth. But the, mainly the 14 fret D28 comes up with the straight bracing and Bob Dylan played one at the concert in Bangladesh in 1971. And then in 1968-69, uh, that's when we lost Brazilian Rosewood and Martin went with the Indian Rosewood. And that's where you get into, uh, we did a podcast about our favorite fingerstyle albums, Michael Hedges, D28, was uh, there's some argument as to whether it was a 1970 or a 1971 D28, but we're talking about that that classic Rosewood uh, Sitka sound that I just find so addictive, and that takes us up. There've been little other changes up through the years with the D28. The HD28 came out in the 70s. That was Martin's return to scallop bracing and they decided to use herringbone. They still kept the white binding and the white dots. That's when you got into the return to scallop bracing. And ever afterwards, you had a choice between the traditional D28 with the non-scallop bracing and the HD28 with the scallop bracing. So there we have the real first split, the D28, HD28. The D28 continues and there is some debate about which one's better. I've always liked both, but I used to own a D28, and I still get to hear that D28 enough. I love the straight brace sound. I love the clarity of it. I love the way it cuts through, and uh, you still get plenty of rich rosewood bass and all that stuff. But then I also like the scallop brace sound, too, with the more echoey, reverby stuff. So they were in parallel uh, coming up, and then Martin came out with the Vintage Series. Originally, they had a guitar called the Custom 15 uh, that the early custom shop would offer to dealers that had a V-neck and herringbone and diamonds and squares uh, on the fretboard in a, and a vintage toner. That turned very quickly turned into the 28V Vintage Series. That had forward shifted scallop bracing. That's the first time we see forward shifted scallop bracing again on a model that has D28 in the in the uh, name. Other than like they may have put out a special guitar of the month or that kind of stuff. But in terms of the catalog models, vintage series, one eleven sixteenth inch vintage V-neck. Um, then they came out with the golden era. That was the return to Brazilian rosewood and Adirondack spruce. 1930s heel eventually that didn't show up until the om18 ge came out so they changed the heel on those models but it's still a one and three quarter inch beefy v-neck and adirondack spruce more vintagey bracing they took off more wood out of the bracing called it golden era style bracing really because adirondack's so stiff and a lot of modern players aren't used to the sound of new adirondack and then that morphed into the D28 Marquee because they had to stop using Brazilian rosewood. It was getting too expensive, too hard to find that uh, legal, you know, kosher D, uh, Brazilian rosewood. And so they start, went back to uh, using Indian rosewood, but still with Adirondack and Golden Air style bracing, still with a big neck. That was the Marquee. They, uh, this stuff also had uh, the vintage and the GE and the Marquis also have the grain ivoryoid binding in addition to the rest of the 1930s looks and the forward shifted bracing. But the standard series, HD28 and D28, stayed rear shifted bracing or the modern placement bracing, uh, non-scallop versus scallop, black pickguard, 
white binding. It is the looks that you see the Beatles playing and that Paul McCartney plays. They got their brand new D28s in the late 60s, 67, I think. And again, that you see those in everybody's hands all the way up through, uh, and for a while the HD28 started to outsell the D28. Um, but the D28 remained extremely popular overseas. It was the least expensive Martin Dreadnought you could get. And so very big in Japan, very big in Europe, very big in Africa, very big in Asia. And so we come into the 20th century, even though it didn't sell that well in the States because dealers would, you know, push scallop bracing and, and then the higher up vintage series. And then they came out with the original D28 Authentic, which is a wonderful guitar. And then they replaced that with the modern D28 Authentic 1937 that's based on an actual year, a specific guitar. And you can, people can look that up and check out morrismusic.com to find stuff in the blogs about all that stuff. But the standard D28 moves along, still is a, a favorite of people who like its unique sound, its unique looks, and its unique price point. And then all of a sudden, in 2017, they changed the D28 in, I think, Summer Nam. And prior to this, dealers like Mari's Music would order the D28. And there was a time when Mari, when they first opened the shop, that he even ordered uh, special ones that had a one three quarter inch width nut, which I always thought was a wonderful idea. But that was a rare occurrence to find a deal that did that. Yeah, you absolutely. I thought that was a brilliant idea. You did eight, I think you did 18s and 28s in a, with a one and three quarter inch nut, still with the low profile and all that, but uh, really good idea. Um, but then 2017 comes along and pow, there is a new D28. And what were your thoughts about that? Why don't you take this over, Mari, and start talking about the appearance of the of the modern D28 and what that entailed. I'm glad I didn't leave. I didn't know if you needed me for this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. Um, I, I'm just totally listening to everything you're saying. And it's such a great, rich history. A lot of the stuff that I thought I knew, I was off the mark a little bit. But as far as my opinion, yeah, that 2017 Martin D28 really, really surprised me. I learned only later from a couple of uh, friends at Martin, they were wrestling with that idea for a couple of years. You know, do we dare touch the D28? You know, how could we make it any different? It's, it's just such an icon. We can't change it. And they would have meetings behind closed doors where you can picture 10 people punching their hands on the table. We have to do this. And 20 more people saying on the table, standing on the table, don't you dare touch the D28. <laughs> I really... I'll answer this by saying I come from the point of view, I'm a gigantic fan of bass. I love the old HD28V. I really love the bassy variants of the D28s a lot. So when I go and look at a straight brace D28 from 2015, 2016, and they made this change, I feel like I heard the meet, meet us halfway kind of idea. They didn't put scallop bracing on the guitar. They gave it the forward shifted treatment to straight bracing. And maybe a lot of our listeners would agree with me. There are two things you can do to a D28 to make it bassier. Either scallop the bracing or move the bracing forward shifted. They did one of those. So if you do both, 2018 HD28, for example, is forward shifted scallop bracing for lots of bass. They got you halfway there. They brought the bracing forward and they did not scallop it. And I know it might just sound like I'm 
trying to ride down the fence and, and, and be, uh, you know, a yes man. But I really do think that that treatment, that conversion to making the 2017 D28 at least forward shifted, really bridged the gap. I was never a big fan of the straight brace D28, and I was a huge fan of the Basie HD28. So I like what they did, and I'm not entirely sure what I feel like about the nut width, because I'm not one of those players that can't play 1 and 11 sixteenths, but I really do think the fact that they modernized it and brought it into production and changed it the way they did was a huge, huge plus. You know, looking back now from 2022, there wasn't enough backlash to make Martin wonder if they did the wrong thing, but I think changing the D28 2017 was a great, great idea. I'm not entirely sure if a lot of those people who were a total fan of the pre-2016 version ended up happy when that was all over, but I loved it. Let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample. Here's a modern day, forward shifted, straight braced D28. That was a very good recap, and you went right to the one spec that was the most revolutionary, and that was putting forward-shifted bracing on a standard D28 with non-scallop bracing. And it was it is a new sound. There may have been custom shop models ordered by people or dealers out there that did that, but uh, it, in terms of production models, definitely a new sound definitely sounds quite different than the previous one and previous version and you will definitely find people who like both you know one or the other or like both for whatever reason prior to that some people know the d18 and triple 018 they got a makeover and they got what was essentially bringing in the vintage series specs in terms of the looks the herringbone trim the uh return to ebony fingerboard and bridge for the first time since the 1940s from rosewood and for shifted scallop bracing on the on the uh d from rear not rear shifted but standard shifted non-scallop bracing so i knew about the internal wars that were going on at martin that you described uh, quite colorfully <laughs> uh really oftentimes it was really about one person like 12 angry men and the one juror who won't give up kind of thing. And of course, <laughs> that was his, his uh, highness, Chris Martin. <laughs> he took a lot of convincing to change the D28. And I don't know if it's really true they did it in secret so much as they then, you know, said, come in here and here it is. And he, they won him over and he said, okay. And so it was the forward shifted bracing. It was the modern, what they now call the high performance neck with the, with the modified low oval shaping in the back. 
that had not been on the standard series until the remake of the D18. It was the one and three quarter inch width at the nut, but keeping the two and a quarter inch spacing, I'm sorry, two and a uh, one eighth inch spacing at the 12th fret. So, which is now called the high performance taper to the fingerboard. Those were big. They brought in a subtler than the old vintage series aging toner to the top. And they brought out the antique white binding so that it looks like binding of a D28 from the, like the 1950s, like that's had some age. So it's not that bright, bright white, you know, Vanna white, fake television teeth white uh, binding <laughs> that, had, that had been on the D28 for, for, you know, basically our guitar lifetimes. So it is a, you know, frankly, it, it, it even looks a little more like aged ivory, but um, they call it antique white. But they keep, you know, but they kept other uh, features of that D28 that has built its own legacy from the late 40s up until 2017. So very cool guitar. It is still the, you know, like the previous D28, it is still the path less traveled by. I think more people go for the HD 28 because it, when it got remade, uh, remade with the reimagined standard series a year later, basically Chris wanted to see what it did to the world. Summer Nam, the world loved it. And then they gave, he gave them the green light to go ahead with the reimagined standard series, which redid all of the models. And basically if you have scallop bracing, you get herringbone trim. If you don't have solid bracing, the D35 and the D28, you don't get herringbone trim. But it's ironic, the OM28 gets the modern, what's called modern style 28 backstrip, where the they didn't give it the zigzag backstrip that you had in the vintage series. So there are all the odd little changes between the vintage series looks and the modern look. But now we have the HD28 that basically is the HD 28 V from the vintage series, but with the modern high performance neck. So you get the forward shifted scallop bracing standard D 28. We get that, that uh, muscular, but leaner classic non scallop brace sound. And if I was going into a guitar store, I would have a hard time making up my mind. And I know an awful lot of people will go for the D 28 simply because it's more affordable and they're already really reaching from where they're coming from to own a standard series Martin Dreadnought. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed if you get the D28. They're wonderful guitars, uh, just as the uh, HD28 is, as is the D28 Modern Deluxe, which we won't go into, but that's got a whole, it's full of interesting modern technology, 21st century advanced technology in it. That, and gives it its own unique sound. And then of course, the, the uh, spectacular D28 authentic 1937. I was a big fan of the D28 authentic 1941 that came out the first year of the series that had true rear shifted bracing, uh, which is uh, the X bracing is a full inch closer to the bridge plate than forward shifted bracing. So it had its own unique sound. It also had a 1 11 16th inch nut. So I was a big fan of that model. Um, you can still get it out there in the used market, but they haven't made it for quite a while now. But that authentic and the authentic aged with the um, really detailed aging technique that would really fool a lot of people at a guitar show uh, into thinking it was a 
a real pre-war Martin until they look inside and see the, the uh, stamp on the neck block. But um, what a family of D28s out there. And yes, the D28, there's never been a guitar that's been copied in more ways uh, to the point, you know, that that the white dots and the black and white lines and the white binding became generic. And I think that had a, a lot to do with why Martin wanted to to change the standard series. And frankly, I was surprised that they did what they did with the D28. I thought we were just going to go with the herringbone and they're going to drop the non-scalar bracing and drop the white dots and drop the 1950s D28 look. But Chris Martin said, no, he did not want to do that. He wanted to keep that legacy going as its own model and keep the herringbone with the H's. And so now we have this great opportunity to, have, to play and own both. Well, you made a good point a few minutes ago about going into a guitar store. You wouldn't know what to do. We had an email that was curious a couple weeks ago. A customer had an opportunity uh, to buy a new old stock or at least a really, really lightly used 2016 D28 and was comparing it to the 27 D28. And before the conversation was over, you know, we should really consider how would you compare those to the HD28 and the D28 Modern Deluxe. And without going into the weeds, he referred to the D28 2016 as the base model, as if it was cars. You know, the D28 has a stick. The HD28 <laughs> at least gives you automatic transmission and power mirrors and so forth. And looking at the opportunities to buy relatively new old stock or the modern version of something, even if you don't mean it as a dig, would you agree you can look at the 2016 D28 as the base model of choosing between that, the 2017, the HD28, the D28 Modern Deluxe, and I won't even get into, <laughs> once you're in that conversation, why wouldn't you also look at the D35s and so forth? How do you feel about calling the original D28, when I say original, I mean like in recent times, as a base model anything? Yes, I totally understand that. I would agree with that because, but now they, the new D28 is the base model because they don't make the one with the, you know, the bright white and the black pickguard and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I certainly see where he's coming from and understand how somebody in our era sees it that way. I do know they're out there on the internet somewhere. I do have a one man's guitar video where I am comparing the brand new 2017 to the previous one. And you may have something similar uh, from 2017 as well. But um, it's interesting how most people preferred the fuller you know, bassier sound of the forward shifted braced version. But there were still some people that liked what I think is even cleaner, leaner sound of the previous one. There's a lot of people who uh, consider the original D28 to be the one that came out in 34 and consider the, you know, you know the, anything after 1939 to not be a true D28. Well, they can certainly now buy an authentic, which is arguably the closest thing to a pre-war D28 you can possibly get. Uh, going with the HD28 gives you the looks of a pre-war D28, but with the comfort of a modern uh, neck design for modern music. And then you can have that. And some people actually love the white, black and white ply bindings and, and the white dots and think of that as that classic Martin that Michael Hedges played and that Elvis Presley has played and that so many people, um, Johnny Mitchell, you really can go on and on and on of the of the people who played standard D28s over the past 50 years in modern music. And I think it's 
it is a it's a wonderful legacy and it really shows how excellent uh, original design it was that it can change over the years and still blow people away and still you can still go into guitar stores anywhere and buy a d28 from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s and find something that just really wows you but it says something even more about a martin that an awful lot of people who know what they're talking about feel that Martin are making guitars better than they've ever made them now. And that the standard series, just listen to my friend Bill Peebles' uh, Christmas concert last night that he has on YouTube doing you know his favorite Christmas carols with his standard Triple O 28. And that thing just sings and resonates. And, <laughs> and, um, and when you go from one of those, when you're used to playing OMs and Triple O's like I am, and they sound so huge, and then you get a D28 in your hands, then they sound like a dreadnought, you know? They sound like a battleship-sized guitar and just so much power and yet so pretty when you play, you know, light and pretty music on them. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's it's all about reference and it's all about perspective. You can make a comment about a D28 sounds a little bit light compared to an HD28, but play a 0018 first. You know, wherever you're coming from as far as your mindset, the D28 2017 is no slouch and you know it, it's you're talking to a, a bass lover here i don't know why i don't just play bass if we just want to get that out in the open i should never <laughs> be playing six strings that some of them have treble sounds and all that stuff but i i have a quick question for you you were talking about uh the lineage of the d28 and some people think this one is the d28 and, and afterwards isn't like when you think of the d28 what do you think of and i don't mean for you to answer which one is the one that people should listen to as gospel maybe what i'm trying to say is which artist or which moment in, in music time do you think of oh that's those are two different questions because the answer to what the question it sounded like you were making i'll just say that well i def defer to martin they, they made the D28 Authentic from a 1937 D28 for a very specific reason. And that's, you know, that's definitely considered uh, the Stradivarius year. That's not guaranteed that you're not going to find a better sounding 36, 35, or 34 than a 37 and vice versa. But um, that's a very interesting question because... I have too many to a to answer that. I, I loved the sound of Neil Young's pre-war D28, which he believes was owned by Hank Williams, and a lot of people believe that, but there's actually no providence to this at all. So there's other oh. people that say that that you know that's, that's simply not true. There's no evidence whatsoever that that Hank Williams ever owned that guitar, but uh, but he might have. Uh, but that is a Ford shifted Adirondack Brazilian version. I think it is Bob Dylan at the concert of Bangladesh playing what is a virtually brand new uh, Sitka Indian D28. Uh, I was a little boy. I got to go see the movie at the drive-in, and there he is in his first public appearance since he went into uh, to be a recluse up in Woodstock, supposedly after he broke his neck in a motorcycle accident. And um, he was playing a D28 that he borrowed from Pete Ham of Badfinger, who were the basically the house band for the concert. And that's the that you know that blew me away. I didn't know it was a Martin guitar at the time. It was years later before I even knew 
what a Martin was or what a D28 was. But that's the sound to me. Go on YouTube, everybody, and find Dylan playing concert of Bangladesh. There's a great outtake from the afternoon concert of him and George Harrison playing uh, playing uh, a song that wasn't in the big evening concert. It's not on the record, but there's other, you know, his whole set's out there. But that would be it for me. You know, Johnny Mitchell's D28, D28 that that uh, Robert Robertson pl plays on Dylan's Planet Waves album, doing the lead guitar on Dirge, the song called Dirge. I mean, I can go on and on. What about you? What's, what's your modern D28? Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam's D28. I think that's always stuck out in my mind as a, as a you know, just a great guitar sound. As I'm answering that, I'll also ask our listeners to do so as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, take a moment and let us know in the comments, what do you think of when we say D28? I'll answer with uh, my fingers crossed behind my back because I'm not into the devils in the details like you are. I think this was a D28, but it's some of the Neil Young Unplugged from back in the day on MTV. I'm not sure which song, but Neil Young playing acoustic guitar on that record is what I think of immediately, and wouldn't it be a little bit funny that wasn't even a D28. Uh, I know he played his 45 there as well. Yes, Neil Young is playing a 1930s D28. Early in the concert, he's playing his 19, late 1960s D45 on most of the songs he does with the band. I know Mr. Soul is, uh, is the D28, and uh, World on a String, maybe, and maybe Look Out for My Love, but I don't remember now. Ah. But... Um, you can hear that. You can definitely hear the difference when you listen to the album. You can hear the difference. The 28 somber, smoky rosewood sound and that 45 sort of shimmery jangle style 45 sound. But anyway, that's a very good call. Yeah, I can't really cite anybody out there right now who's got on record uh, the most modern reimagined D28. So if anybody knows, that's another thing to put in the comments. If anybody knows of a, a video of a professional artist or a record that they're definitely using one of the new modern D28s. I'd love to know what it was for my own educational purposes. So let us know what we missed. If you enjoyed this program, please let us know in the comment section. We think we covered everything from the inception of the D28 all the way up to 2017 when it got reimagined and into modern day. But there must be something we didn't touch on. And if you know what it is, you're making YouTube and the world a better place if you let us know. Spoon, you know what the music means. I think it's time for us to get out of here and go play some D28s. Oh yeah, oh yeah. From all of us at Mari's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Mari's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at morrysmusic.com. Music.com.